you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the land of saints and sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, man MG, Marcus Grant, socially distancing away from the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano. And uh, Fabs, I know we usually start with some sort of like weird, happy chat kind of thing. Um, That feels weird doing that today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I know for people who listen to this show regularly, uh, you probably have our schedule down. We usually do shows uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, a couple times a week. It's obviously Wednesday now. Uh, this is, just to let you know, this is our show for the week. We, we're not going to have a second show this week. It was a, a thing that that we sort of discussed uh, amongst ourselves. Um, obviously, to say this has been uh, a tumultuous week uh, is a grand understatement, Um that there are things obviously going on in the country and in the world that are certainly way larger than all of us. 
Uh, I know it has been for a lot of people a really difficult week. So uh, we sort of had the conversation about, you know, understanding that fantasy football for a lot of people is a distraction, is a way to take your mind off of a lot of the really unpleasant, ugly things that are going on out there. But at the same time, we also felt like there are times when it's better for us to maybe just shut the hell up and let some other conversations happen. But having said all that, we all still work for the National Football League. We still do have a job. We uh, still wanted to get something out because if for the next, you know, 20, 30 minutes, this does help take your mind off of some of the ugliness in the world, then um, we've provided a service. So uh, that's pretty much all I had to say about it. Uh, I don't know. Other than that, it's, you know, we, we're a fantasy podcast and that's what we do. Yeah. Uh, listen, fantasy football is trivial right now. Sports is trivial right now. And we get it. You know, there's a, there's been other uh, instances where you know we've run into the same thing where we have to do a certain job but it feels odd sort of doing it because it is so trivial uh, i will say this that um if we can be an escape for half an hour we hope that uh you know that helps in some small way shape or form and um you know i mean I'll, one other thing i also say is man we just got to love each other uh, I, we we had Ladinian Tomlinson on my um, on my uh, SiriusXM show yesterday, mm-hmm. and if if you haven't heard it, you can go and check it out on demand. Marcus, Eddie, I'll tell you right now, I I was I had goosebumps, and I was almost in tears listening to him. Number one, LT is one of my favorite people on the planet, um, and just his words were emotional and inspirational, and just really put sort of uh, it's hard for me to talk about it because it was so, it was so inspiring to me. All I want for people out there is to just love one another. Let's get through this. Um, Don't, don't see, you know, don't see color, see, see good and bad. That's what I feel like is, is so important Um, because there's, there's, there's good people. There's bad people regardless of, of race, religion, gender, whatever the case may be, just be one of those good people. Uh, and, and the good people will, will rise and get through this together. Yeah. I think that's the important part is that this, this does have an end to it, even though I think sometimes it's hard to see there is an end to it. Um, so, uh, I know that for folks who are, who are out there and, and struggling in one way or another, just, you know, find support, um, be strong. So, yeah. all right. Uh, it's always weird sort of transitioning from something like that to fantasy mm-hmm. football, but here we go. Uh, there was a conversation that you and I had fabs on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it, it just was kind of a spontaneous thing. And you know, you and I were, were talking about what the season is going to be like, uh, knowing that, you know, the coronavirus is still going to be with us. It's not just going to be gone by September. We know that. Uh, and what this is going to mean for fantasy football. And it was something you and I sort of just kicked around uh, just briefly. And then uh, I had uh, somebody by mentioned Dana Benefiel, uh, who tweeted me uh, asking sort of about this thing and how, how to do, you know, how we will sort of adjust fantasy wise understanding, you know, he prefaced it, obviously understanding that, that uh, down the list of priorities, uh, in America, in the world, like how we organize our fantasy football leagues is is near the bottom. But for those of us who play, 
it is something worth talking about. I mean, you and I obviously both play in a lot of fantasy leagues. You are the commissioner, I know, of a lot of fantasy leagues. And as we sort of enter this new world, I felt like like this might be a good time for us to kind of dive in and talk about uh, what what changes, what rules we might need to come up with to sort of fit the new world. So I, I went through and picked you know several different categories. And if you end up, you know, coming up with some other some rule changes, I certainly would love to hear them. Uh, and for for those of you listening, if you have any suggestions, any ideas, I mean, I feel like this should be a much bigger conversation beyond just the two of us, because there are a lot of a lot of smart people doing this mm-hmm. uh, and it would be great to hear from them. So the first thing, Faz, and I think we talked about this is I can't imagine that we can survive with the same roster size, right? I mean, we're in a situation where if a player or players test positive at some point during the season, they're going to have to be quarantined for 14 days at minimum. Mm-hmm. That means that, that we are going to have to have deeper rosters, right? Like there's just no way. I mean, unless, you know, I know some leagues have deep rosters, but generally speaking, I feel like the, the, the maybe the first thing we do is talk about expanding roster size for a lot of leagues. No, no doubt. And no doubt about that. So if, if you're in a if you're in a league where your draft is 15 rounds, you know, maybe you increase it out to 18 or 20. And like for me, I like deeper rosters anyways, mm-hmm. because I don't I don't love being in leagues where really good players are still available on the waiver wire right. because I want my fantasy to mirror reality as much as possible. And let's be honest, you know, like Kirk Cousins is not going to be on the waiver wire in reality. Um, So I feel like making your rosters a little bit bigger makes sense regardless. And I also, and and you know this, I have been, uh, I love having an IR spot. I've been a proponent Mm -hmm. for that for a long time. It's not fair. Uh, If a player gets hurt, like for example, a few years ago, like David Johnson, right? I mean, ultimately he ended up missing, you know, the entire season. But you know, if there was ever a chance that DJ would have come back late in the year, well, it would be really hard to hold him on a on your bench the entire season uh, because you need that spot. So you add reserve spots, and we we do have those on NFL.com. I'm sure there's other platforms that that have that as well. And this way, if a guy gets placed on the injured list. If he is designated as suspended, there are some other designations as well that uh, NFL fantasy will have for players, depending on their situation that you can actually put a guy. Uh, now, if he's, if he's questionable or, you know, if he's, if, if he's doubtful, you know, or, or if he's out like in a week, I don't know that you can put a player in the spot in those cases, but right. injured list suspension exempt list, you know, that kind of stuff. You can put those guys in those spots. And I feel like that makes more sense. It's, it's closer to reality. And it also doesn't doesn't force you to basically eat up a bench spot, which can be very valuable in your leagues. Yeah. And, you know, I, like I said, I know you are big on the, the IR spots. I think mm-hmm. I would be interested to see if leagues either add them that don't have them or ones that do add more just because and do and do we make a a covid exception for that? Right. Do you have do you, do you allow players, do you allow fantasy managers you know, say maybe one guy, if, if one guy tests positive, you can put that guy in an IR spot um, and allow him to be there for those 14, 21, whatever, however many days before you bring him back. Because look, I mean, there's no, I guess part of what, what is, is difficult about this is there is no rhyme or reason to it. Right. I mean, I think when, when we look at, at just traditional injuries, you can, you can sort of say, look, 
running backs tend to take more of a pounding, right? So running backs tend to get hurt more often. Wide receivers, for instance, maybe they suffer soft tissue injuries more. So you have to deal with hamstrings and calf muscles. Quarterbacks, you know, again, they they take a lot of hits. This this doesn't there's no rhyme or reason to it, right? I mean, anybody can mm-hmm. can can catch this virus at any time. Uh, and I think that's gonna gonna sort of put us on the defensive in terms of trying to to build rosters and keep rosters uh full. Yeah. So, so that that leads me actually to the next thing was is draft strategies. Do do mm-hmm. you change? Have you thought about how you maybe draft differently to build your roster, knowing that you could lose a front line guy anytime? So first off, and we would have to talk to you know our pal Michael Koval, uh, who is you know one of the best in the business in terms of the product uh, at NFL.com. Can we actually, and will there be a designation? for players who do contract COVID right. that that's possible. Right. Uh, that, that could potentially be in, you know, inserted into the NFL.com product or, you know, other products, whatever you might play on any platform. And if that's not possible uh, and, and it can't happen, then maybe commissioners need to designate one bench spot. So if your roster is 20 players and then you've got four injured list spots, maybe it's 21 players and that 21st mm-hmm. roster spot on the bench is just empty unless someone contracts COVID and then you can put them there and then you can add another player. That would mean a little more work for the commissioner to make sure that, you know, people aren't adding more players than they're allowed uh, on their bench. Uh, But that's, that's a possibility in terms of draft strategies, handcuffing your running backs. And honestly, it, it all depends on like sort of who you are and what your opinion is. If I draft Dalvin cook, I want Alexander Madison. If I draft Ezekiel Elliott, I want Tony Pollard. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, If I draft Josh Jacobs, I don't necessarily need Jalen Richard because I don't know that he would even be the guy who would end up seeing most of the touches in that backfield because it's likely to end up being a committee situation. Mm -hmm. If I have Todd Gurley, I mean, maybe I draft Ito Smith, maybe. If I draft David Johnson, I definitely want Duke Johnson. So it's all sort of relative, right? We, We all sort of have to look at, what the scenarios are. Are these players otherwise uh, durable? If you draft Derrick Henry, is drafting Darrington Evans a must? Right. Not if you're able to to draft a team that has backfield depth and, you know, your fifth running back, say, for example, is a guy who may end up playing a bigger role. Like maybe it's a Boston Scott or, you know, maybe it's a Chris Thompson who could end up having some standalone value as a flex starter during the season. You know, I think what is going to sort of be – I don't know how this weird, interesting is that in the past, we always we always groan when we hear about a team going to a running back committee. Right. When we we hear about two or three guys that are going to share snaps and share touches. Suddenly. Maybe it's not so bad. Look, you always want the guy who's going to start and who's going to play the most. But mm-hmm. suddenly ending up, you know, if you don't get Nick Chubb and suddenly you get Kareem Hunt, um. Just because in an instant things can change, maybe even more so than normal, and Kareem Hunt could end up being that frontline guy, uh, I feel like running back committees, this is a year maybe it's a sort of lean into committees a little bit and understanding that that, guys are going to get more options potentially than they normally would in a regular Mm -hmm. year. Um, I also wonder, would you think, do you consider – Look, I know that in, in a lot of leagues, I only draft one quarterback and I only draft one tight end just because it it doesn't 
makes sense to to use a roster spot on a guy that's barely ever going to play that you could probably pluck off the waiver wire. But it feels like this might be a year where I have to change that up. And maybe I go get a second tight end or I go get a second quarterback in the event that something happens just kind of as that insurance or is that is or is it or is it is that overreacting a little bit? No, I don't think so. And also keep in mind, too, you can switch from individual players at the quarterback position, team quarterback. So, you know, not in every every instance is that a good thing. Right. I mean, like, you know, if you have Drew Brees and suddenly he goes down, Jameis Winston and hell yeah, dude, that's good. If you have Prescott and suddenly he goes down and you have Andy Dalton, you know, then then that's that's pretty good. Uh, You know, there's other instances like in Detroit last year, if you had Matt Stafford and then. You have you Dred- David Driscoll Blau and David Blau, and the <laughs> right. is good, right? I mean, so, <laughs> so it all depends. But the, the way that I look at it is when I come out of a draft, and if I'm in a typical NFL.com draft and I have 15 players on my roster, I want five running backs, five wide receivers. And then I really – it's one kicker and one defense because if you have right. any more of either, it makes no sense whatsoever unless you're in a best ball league. But it really depends on who my number one is, right? So I'll give you an example. If my number one quarterback is Dak or Kyler or – Deshaun or Lamar or Mahomes or Russell or Josh Allen or maybe Drew Brees. And I feel pretty good about the fact that I'm not playing anybody else, but those quarterbacks every single week outside of injuries and bye weeks, then I'm not going to draft a second quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, If I am in a position at tight end where, you know, I got Zach Ertz or, you know, I got a guy, uh, you know, like Hunter Henry or somebody like Darren Waller or Mark Andrews, or of course, Kelsey and Kittle, I'm not drafting a second tight end because I'm not going to use them. Right. Uh, in that case, maybe I go after the second quarterback. But if I have Austin Hooper or if I have Jared Cook and I'm like, I mean, they're okay. Like they're back in tight end ones, but maybe they're not going to be as consistent as I would like. So then I go out and get an upside guy like Hayden Hurst or I get a Mike Isicki. Uh It really depends on sort of who your, who your starter is going to be uh, when you're in that draft at each of those positions, at least for me, to decide whether or not I draft a second player uh, or not. One of the things that as you were talking, you mentioned, you know, and I know, I know this about you. You like to have balance on your roster, right? You yes. want, you don't, you don't want to go heavy on wide receiver or heavy on running back or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe this is definitely a year to, to especially follow that. I feel like, uh, especially trying to go light, maybe on running back to get more wide receivers. Because again, if if you have a guy that ends up having to sit for any reason, you somehow are going to be shorthanded. And especially I think at running back fabs, because after the, after, you know, somewhere mid middle of tier two, I mean, there's just a major drop off when you talk about that running back position. And if you end up shorthanded, you could end up getting really screwed trying to find some pop off. No, I mean, listen, I, you know, we have a dynasty league that, right. That I've been running for like ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually got to get on that draft, by the way, we got to start talking <laughs> about the race. I mean, everything that's been going on, man, I'm just behind yeah. on, on thinking about any kind of dynasty draft at this point. Luckily we don't have a, any crunch for time there, but so you, but you may want to extend your, your rosters out to, to having 20 players and then you add in the injured spots, right? Because, and again, for people out there who play fantasy football for fun and they like to see really good names on the waiver wire, I understand. I get it. Just keep in mind that if you're in that situation and your league decides to go in that direction, that you may end up having a player who is very prominent, who uh, may can trap COVID. And, and then suddenly, uh, you know what, you're maybe not first or second in line on the waiver wire and you're going to lose them. Uh, you're not going to get them because right. somebody else is going to be smart enough to grab that player. So, for example, again, 
regardless of what the case may be. If you're in a 10 team league and Dalvin cook uh, is on your roster and suddenly he goes down with whatever, you know, it is an injury, you know, God forbid a COVID situation and Alexander medicine's on the waiver wire. Chances are, you're probably not going to get him unless your team's bad and you have waiver priority. When you have bigger rosters, you don't really have to worry about that because either you're going to have gotten Madison or you're going to have depth position uh, to sort of help you along a little bit and sort of, uh, yeah, maybe it, maybe it's like putting a bandaid uh, on on a on a leak in the uh, yeah. right <laughs> in, in the in the Hoover Dam, but at least it's going to help you at least somewhat. Yeah, I yeah I, I think that's that's probably a, a a wise way to go. And so that that leads me next to how we handle transactions, right? I I've played in leagues. I'm sure you have too, where there are limits on the number of transactions you can make, you know, free agent pickups and what have you in the in the course of a season. Um, I would think that this year, either you have to extend, you have to increase whatever those limits are, or maybe just eliminate them altogether. Because this this feels like a year where more than ever, people are really going to be forced to potentially play the waiver wire. And it just, it seems limiting to, I mean, well, no pun intended. I mean, it, it is right. limiting to, to, to only have X number of transactions, knowing that there's a very good chance everybody's going to have to go over that. Right. So, so for me, I don't like having transaction limits. You know, it's not like daily in like fantasy baseball where people will try to stream, you know, every starter, no matter if he's any good or not, because the <laughs> right. matchup is, is favorable. Like and I've been in leagues like that. So I, I've sort of as a commissioner put in uh, limits in terms of how many games uh, a team can start every single week uh, at pitcher. But if you increase your roster size, then maybe you don't have to, uh, you know, increase or eliminate transaction limits because, well, there's not going to be as many free agents that are really very good. Worthwhile, uh, yeah. But if you but if you continue to keep your rosters at the same size as they've been in the past, then yeah, Marcus, then you know that could potentially make sense. Maybe you eliminate them. Maybe you increase in terms of transaction limits. Me, the the only things that I don't like in with, with transaction limits, and I think some of the products out there, including NFL.com, have sort of uh, a solution to that, is when when people will try and pick up and drop players just so other teams can't get them. Right. And now many products have the, well, if you add and drop a player within a 24 hour period, then that player just is still uh first come first serve. Uh, I believe NFL.com is like that. So, but those are situations where people are kind of being sort of jerks, jerks. about the whole <laughs> right. thing. But I feel like if you increase the roster size, maybe you don't have to increase your transaction limits, but if you continue to stay status quo, it makes sense. Yes. Do, do you do you increase fab budgets or do you just tell people to be smarter about how they bid? I mean, I don't know if I'm going to increase fab budgets. And, and honestly, like, I think I'm in the minority in this. Mm-hmm. I like traditional fantasy. Like, I'm in leagues, of course, where, you know, you, you bid and, and a lot of people really like that uh, because you can go after the players that you want. I mean, I've done that in the past and, and I, I like being in, you know, maybe one or two of those leagues. I'm more of a traditional guy where I like just the traditional waivers to run and, and go from there. There's an argument to be made for increasing fab budgets. Again, if you don't increase your roster sizes, because there's potentially going to be uh, more transactions on the waiver wire uh, than normal because of this COVID-19 situation. Yeah, I, you know, it's, it's funny. I will admit I've been in plenty of leagues with fab budgets. I feel like I can never accurately uh, assess <laughs> like how much I should bid on a guy, right? Like, I always overbid, man, I, and then either, like I got, uh, I got either, nothing left. Either I severely overbid or I severely underbid. Like I feel like I'm never like kind of on par with everybody else. So I admit that yeah. is that is a blind spot for me. So mm-hmm. I, that's my own thing. Um, you know, sometimes it works out, and sometimes you get burned. 
Like right. there's certain times where you're in a scenario where you think a player is going to miss extended time due to injuries. And then suddenly you're like, Oh man, I got to go pick up this guy. Right. And then, you know, the player the comes, back comes back a week or two early and you're like, mm-hmm. I just spent all my money on <laughs> two weeks of post Scarborough. Right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, right. man. <laughs> yeah, that was one. That one, that one hurt a lot of folks last year. The most, most Scarborough thing. Um, any thoughts of maybe extending trade deadlines too, because as people are trying to you know build rosters and, and try to, you know, prepare for the unexpected uh is it worth maybe pushing back the trade deadline a week or two to give people extra time to kind of add players there so in the leagues that i run i typically pick like the earliest trade deadline option um Mm -hmm. which is you know somewhere in november there are leagues that extend trade deadlines all the way to like the the end of the month and thanksgiving Mm -hmm. i just i don't and then there's others where there's just trade deadlines that don't even exist i don't i don't like to allow owners to make trades like a week or two before the playoffs. Right. Because you know what happens then Marcus, you get into scenarios where, and I don't like vetoing trades and typically I don't. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know, unless you trade Patrick Mahomes for, you know, Rashad Higgins, Scarborough, (laughs) I'm not going to, I'm not going to say no, because like, it's just not fair. If there's obvious collusion, I get it, but I can also understand the argument, right? So say that you are right now the five or six seed. Uh, going into the playoffs, you've got a week left before the regu- regular season is over. And then you make a trade with a team that is out. Like they have no chance to make the playoffs. They're done. And this isn't a dynasty league. It's not a keeper league. There's no moves or transactions being made for future considerations. And then those two teams make a trade and it's like kind of what? <laughs> right. <laughs> what? It's, it's, you know, it's not like baseball when they, you know, when, when, it, when a team is just tanking and they're trying to gain, uh, you know, good minor league players for the future from another team. Of course, the Yankees, you know, they've been doing that forever where, you know, they grab veterans for minor leaguers to try and make that playoff run. So in that case, that's kind of why I don't like having that trade deadline too close to the, mm-hmm. to the start of the playoffs, because then I feel like you get in a little bit of a gray area and then people get pissed because, you know, this guy who's on the place to make the playoffs made a trade with this guy who's got two wins all season long and it's BS. And then you end up with headaches as a commissioner. Right. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Um, you know, I'm just, like I said, I'm, I think this is just kind of a chance to spitball and kind of experiment with some things. Yeah, no doubt. This is, this it's, is, it, it's a great, all these are great topics. Yeah. Um, so then my last, the last thing I got here is in terms of scheduling and I guess the bigger, do you consider opening the playoffs to more teams? I know, I mean, I know in a lot of leagues, you're already talking about six teams in the playoffs. And if you're talking about, you know, six out of 10, even six out of 12, that's half. So maybe it doesn't make sense, but I think in leagues, where you have a four-team playoff, maybe this is the time to open it up to six just because I expect there to be a lot more volatility uh, with teams, with rosters, and, and within leagues. And so maybe this is a chance to, to kind of expand the playoffs a little bit this year. If you're in bigger leagues, I can see it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, even in 14-team leagues, I'd probably just rather have six. But if you're in 10 or, or 12 or, you know, some people play in eight, like, I mean, you can't There's have no that. Point, no. You can't have that, you know, right, exactly. <laughs> right. So you can't have more than half the league making the playoffs because that kind of defeats the whole purpose. Um and I, I don't I'm not a fan of like where only four teams make the playoffs because fantasy football at the end of the day, Marcus, as competitive as it is, like we want to have fun, too. So like right. you want to have a shot in a 12 team league, you know, to make the playoffs as a five or a six seed rather than, you know, give it to the top four teams. Some competitive people out there who are in competitive leagues may disagree and think, hey, if you're not good enough to be in the top four, you don't deserve it. I, I get that. But for me, fantasy football is all about having fun. And, you know, typically the two teams that are the top seeds get a buy anyway. So regardless, it doesn't matter. They're going to they're going to be in the second round of the playoffs. So I like the six teams, uh, you know, I mean, even in the 10 team league, I guess like a lot of people playing in 10 team leagues are having fun. So 
it's more than half of the teams that make it okay <laughs> get it right. you know but if you're in a 12 team i say six if you're in a 14 i say six even in a 10 team i can see four teams as well but as you go deeper uh in terms of how many teams are in leagues i mean and i get texts and, and tweets about 16 18 20 team leagues god bless you guys insane, uh, insane. right then maybe you add uh, a couple of teams uh, to the playoffs i mean like everybody in, in real sports is doing it i mean the nfl is going to do it you know major league baseball wants to do it but only do it where it makes sense you you, you don't want you don't want 80 percent of your league, league mates to make the playoffs. why am i playing a regular season Although it does mean that you get to really point and laugh at the people who didn't make the playoffs. Oh my gosh! Too, right? yeah. <laughs> those people, those people, yes, those people should have to sit outside uh, a major street with a big sign that says, "I missed the playoffs <laughs> in a team where eighty percent make it." Right, right. Like, like seriously, we let everybody in, and somehow you didn't make it. Like you deserve, yeah. you deserve to be mocked by uh, by mm-hmm. your friends and peers. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, those are just the ones that I came up with. I don't know if you if you've thought about this. If you have any other like things you'd like to experiment with, because I feel like this is the time. If we're gonna if we're gonna get weird, this is the time to get weird with fans. So, yeah. So I think the the team QB concept makes sense. Mm-hmm. Depending on depending on the size of your league as well. I mean, right. so because again, as I mentioned if every team in the national football league had a really good backup, you know, maybe things would be different. Right. But when you look down the list, well, okay. I mean, if you have say, for example, uh, Nick Foles is mentioned Trubisky, really a good backup. I guess he is assuming that Foles ends up being the starter. So it really sure. depends. It really depends. I mean, like, you know, the, the backup in Jacksonville is Mike Glennon. So if you have, you know, Gardner Minshew and something <laughs> unfortunate happens to him. Mike Glennon's going to be your quarterback. That's, that's no bueno. So that all depends uh, on roster size and sort of, you know, the experience that, you, that, that people have in the league. Uh, is it a league that you're just kind of having fun with? Is it a more serious league? Uh, how active are people on the waiver wire? Should a quarterback go down? Uh, and the backup actually is going to have some value. Now, if you're in two QB leagues or if you're in super flex leagues, then maybe it makes even more sense, Marcus, right? Because right. There ain't going to be any quarterbacks on the waiver wire in those leagues. And if they are, they're going to be bottom of the barrel. Like, I mean, Taysom Hill is going to be a freaking uh, – he's not going to be a free agent in a lot of those leagues. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And he's a backup and 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 unlikely to – he's third string. But but he's going to play because he's more than just a quarterback. So right. in those kind of leagues, maybe it makes a little bit more sense. But I really feel like adding more roster spots – and who knows, Marcus, maybe people will add more roster spots and dig it and think, you know what? This, this is how we should play. go. Right. This is what we're going to do the rest of the time that we're going to be playing in this league because th- there shouldn't be really, really good players on the waiver wire. Honestly, there shouldn't be. Like, if you want to mirror real NFL, uh, you shouldn't have guys like that on the waiver wire. So, uh, And I like my my fantasy to be as real as possible. And so that's why a lot of my leagues and most of my leagues uh, where I'm not playing with kind of family and friends, like the, the rosters are big. Yeah, and I think I think that's maybe the, the biggest thing to this, right? Like obviously we're, we're talking about rules changes in the context of what happens with a virus that that could take players out for who knows mm-hmm. how long. But I think in the end, it's also maybe just creating ways to enjoy this game more because like you said, Fabs, we're doing this because we're trying to have fun. Right. Uh, we're, we're just trying to, you know, add something to our, our football watching experience. Mm-hmm. And so maybe you, you hit on something, you and your friends and your league mates hit on something that you like, and that is, uh, is, is worth doing. So you know, again, I think, I think, like I said, if this, if there's ever a year to play around with things, this is the one to do it. Uh, you know, I would suggest, you know, putting up to a vote of your league mates, you know, yeah, like, certainly, yeah. <laughs> like getting, yeah. getting their, uh, their opinion, their input on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no doubt. 
But like I said, uh, for those of you listening, uh, if you guys have any any suggestions, we'd certainly love to hear them. You can obviously hit us up on Twitter. Uh, and, and you know, I think, you know, I think especially when we get a little further uh, into the summer, I think it's it's definitely worth having a bigger conversation on. But uh, yeah, I think I think it's, it's going to be interesting. Um, one other housekeeping note before we go. Mock drafts are currently open on the NFL Fantasy desktop product. I know talking with some of the development folks, uh, they had a couple of, of glitches on the app they are working on. So they're hoping that that mock drafts on the app will be open very, very soon. But you can go to you know, fantasy.nfl.com. Uh, you go to the draft center and mock drafts are open there. So you can kind of get your mock draft on and, and practice. Uh, and then once once they're open on on the app, we'll let you know, and you can do that there because I know Fabs. I, I sit around sometimes in the evenings when I have nothing going on, <laughs> and uh, you know I'll I'll break out a mock draft or two just to yep. you know, get those reps in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, all right, we, we all need reps, man. All right? need reps. We got those reps. I'll tell you that that I've been doing you know some best ball uh, mocks, and I've been doing some regular mocks, and doing some stuff with the the folks at SiriusXM, and like. But I tell you, it's it's funny how values change, like with, with the whole Jonathan Taylor situation, <laughs> right. like exactly like that's the one where like he got drafted and everyone was all over him. Oh, my God, he is going to be awesome and he's going to be the featured back and this is going to be great. And then several weeks later, Frank Wright comes out and say, I could see Naheem Himes catching 10 passes in a game. And then a couple of weeks later, he says, yeah, I, I have a lot of his respect for Marlon Mack. Right. It's going to be a one one punch. And then, you know. You, you got those shares of Jonathan Taylor that, that you have after you after the draft and you were doing best balls. So you're like, no, nope. kind of like Darth Vader and Revenge of the Sith. Yep. <laughs> so but I mean, that's why it's good to to sort of see what the trends are, because that you're seeing that with a lot of players like Clyde Edwards Lair after he got drafted. Going. Oh, my God. He got a second round pick. This guy's, you know, top 10 running back. All right, tap the brakes now a little bit. He's good, maybe <laughs> worth a third third round pick. But, you know, I don't think he's going to be Brian Westbrook just yet. Yeah, no, I mean, it, and I think that's that's been interesting because the rookies, because there is so much uncertainty, have mm-hmm. been. I think their values have swung wildly all over the place. I mean, you mm-hmm. mentioned you mentioned Edwards Hilaire and you mentioned Jonathan Taylor, even even a guy like DeAndre Swift. Uh, you know, I've I've seen carry on go maybe just a couple picks before or after Swift because you know right now we're still trying to figure this whole thing yeah. out. And also keep this in mind too. So, uh, you know, I, I've talked to Austin Eckler about this. I've talked to other NFL players about this. Players can't go to facilities until training camp starts. Right. Until it starts, which means guys like Tom Brady, uh, you know, guys like Nick Foles, guys like Todd Gurley, although I think that's to a lesser degree because running back is, hey, hand me the ball. I'm going to run, throw it to me. I'm good. (laughs) Right. Uh, So these guys don't have the offseason. And some of them are getting together. I'm sure, you know, Mm -hmm. privately, we've saw Tom Brady do that with some of his player, uh, some of the players in Tampa Bay and some of his teammates. But like ultimately, these guys are going to go into at least the end of July, Marcus, and not have really done much together. Uh, certainly not with the coaches. Right. Rookie quarterbacks coming in, you know, like Joe Burrow's going to be the guy in Cincinnati. At some point, uh, Justin Herbert's going to be the guy in Los Angeles. Potentially, at some point, uh, Tua Tagovailoa is going to be the guy in Miami. Not having a rapport with their with their wide receivers and their tight ends, and, and seeing how the offense works, and learning new offenses, and learning new tendencies, and gaining rapports. So uh, I remember uh, talking to Austin and he had said, I wouldn't be surprised if the start of the season statistically is, is a little bit slow. It's going to be sloppy because guys (laughs) are going to be getting acclimated to one another. And also as much as we like to see these guys out there working out. And a lot of these guys are in ridiculous shape. uh, It it makes me embarrassed to be a man because those guys are just like physical specimens. (laughs) 
I don't know if everybody's doing that. I don't know if everybody's sitting, you know, some guys might be sitting back eating McDonald's. I don't know. Like, so some right. guys might not be in the best shape either. Uh, that's something to keep in mind. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So, uh, yeah, every, every week seems like something new is happening as we're, uh, we're all sort of learning all this together. Yeah. Right. To 2012, you can go straight to H-E double hockey sticks, by the way, I'm done. And then there's a report that there's a, there, I, I like this too. Oh, there, there's a, there's a meteor or a comet coming, you know, close to the earth. Sweet. Well, of course there is. It's 2020. I mean, of course well, there is. Whatever, I'm waiting, man. Marcus, I'm waiting for the locusts, man. Like we I'm can, just waiting for the skies to just like start dropping bugs on us. I mean, uh, geez, well, at had, that point, we had the murder hornets uh, about a month ago that, that were coming through. Um, I feel like the, the meteor is not a big deal. We can just send Ben Affleck and crew up there, and they can take care of that. <laughs> you know that. Apparently, that. apparently they say <laughs> it might skim the Earth's atmosphere, but like. I feel like that that part we we seem to have a plan. Michael Bay has a plan for that, so we can just send we can send Ben Affleck up there. And, there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I feel like that's a good note to get out of here on. Right. Uh, that is it. We are done. We appreciate you listening and downloading and watching and and all of that. Uh, you know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate review, and remember, hug your people because in the end, we're all we got. Take care of yourselves, and we will see you on Tuesday. Be safe, everybody. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.
Hi. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.